Lingard is joining in, and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the roof, and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka! Hello and welcome back to the Bruise Banana FC podcast. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at JFishAFC. Hope everyone had an enjoyable international break. I know coming off of a very dramatic and not as emphatic as maybe we, you know, I guess probably as emphatic as we could have hoped for against Manchester City. It was uh, too long of an international break. I know many Arsenal fans. As much as we like to relish in these opportunities to sit for two weeks and and bask in the glory of beating Manchester City, ready to get back to the Premier League. With me today, we have Varun, who you can find on Twitter, at GunaForever07. Varun, how's it going? Doing great, Justin. Like you said, super bored with this international break. Felt like it's dragged for ages, just waiting for league football again. And guess what? We have one coming up in just a month. So <laughs> sooner sooner than we, we know, we'll be back to another international break, as FIFA loves to do to us. And also we have Drew, he can find on Twitter at Geechee Kid. That's a new one, Drew. How are you doing, buddy? I like to have my rotational handles every month kind of switch, but I'm good. Unlike you guys, I was happy with the international break because Germany is no longer trash, and that made me quite happy. Um, but I'm glad to get back to club football, so... I'm glad to talk to our guest today as well. Yes, and as usual, we have a guest today to preview the Chelsea match. With us today is Melina, who you can find on Twitter, at Melina Daltovich. Melina, how's it going? And thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm good. Hopefully, I'll be good on Saturday as well. Odds are low, but... Yeah, yeah. Just hope uh, both teams have fun, right? (laughs) Yep. I hope my team has more fun. <laughs> so, Melina, how has how have you been enjoying or not enjoying Chelsea's season so far? I know it's been difficult, and there's been a lot of uh, excitement during the summer months with all the transfers and the players that Chelsea have bought. But you know, now that the football is being played, kind of what's your take on this new season under uh, Pochettino, and, and kind of how things are shaping up, and kind of I guess just how have you enjoyed it, or, or kind of taken it all in? Yeah, so I think just to start out, I I think I'm more on the realist optimist side. Um, and people might think like, oh, you just, you know, the hope the hope is what kills you or whatever in the end. But if you've known me, my content from last season, you know I'm the first person to rip this team to shreds when I think they deserve to be ripped to shreds. And I just don't think this team has done anything yet indicative like that would lead me to to just really tear into them um so I went into the season with an open mind of what I was gonna get because there was just no way it was gonna get worse uh than 12th I mean there is but like I don't even want to entertain that idea um and yeah I just I thought you know this season there's going to be high highs low lows this is a team of extremely young talent um very raw very inexperienced um on their own as professionals and then inexperienced together because they all met like three months four months ago at this point so taking all that into um consideration 
the fact that we have a starting lineup plus a bench of injuries, I was just like, you know, what happens, happens. It will be better. It's going to take time. So the beginning first seven games, I I don't know. I would be upset when we would lose, but I had to tell myself, like, you just have to take this in stride and look at the bigger picture. You can't look at the grains of salt. Um, you have to look at the piles of the grains of salt at the end. And, yeah, I've it's been, I don't know. I'm not overly upset. I, I think I'm super optimistic. There's a lot to to build on. What has been, I guess, the biggest change in terms of what the team is doing this year versus last year? Obviously, it wasn't successful last year. And from an outside perspective this year, Chelsea have been good, but not what you expect from Chelsea and not, nowhere near you expect from the price tag of, of so many of these players, specifically from a goal-scoring point of view it's been a lot of uh you know pretty much an entirely new starting 11 in the last 12 months so you you kind of expect that to take a little bit of time to gel and Mm -hmm. now with a new coach and everything how do you think that's gone and kind of where your expectations from an attacking point of view yeah so what I think has changed um overall is I think these players they are young and like no disrespect. I mean, this was like full, full love and appreciation for them. Um, they don't have, they haven't made their names yet, you know, so they have a lot to prove. And I think that hunger is something that was missing from the squad last season. Um, and also I think Pochettino has changed the club culture of this club 180 degrees. I think they really, really care about each other. I think they really, really like each other. I think they're friends and you just didn't, you didn't really see that last season. I think everyone just wanted the season to end after a certain point. Um, and I think, you know, they just, they want to be here. You can tell they want to be here and you can't really say the same for for guys last season. Um, in terms of the striking options that this is where the young talent, right? Like, that's such a big gamble. It becomes a big risk. And one of my gripes with the ownership is not going out and getting a certified bagsman because like you cannot look at 21 year old Nick Jackson, who has never played a minute of premier league football and say, you are my 15 to 20 goal a season guy. Um, and that's like growing pains. We're going through the growing pains. I think he will become that. He's just not that right now. And that is sort of like my whole view on Chelsea Football Club as a whole right now. Like people keep talking about the price tag, the this, the that. With the price tag, you have to, if we're going to look at price tag, you have to subtract the injured players. You have to subtract loan players because this is not a team for right now. This is not a team for today. This is a team for the next two to three to like seven years. Um, So I think like in two years, we'll have a much, much better idea of who is actually cut out for this team. So um, one of the things that I kind of feel like Chelsea might be going through at the moment, at least Chelsea fans anyway, um, is something that Arsenal fans have dealt with uh, in the last kind of, you know, three, four years specifically, Um, but more so just in the post-Arsene Wenger era where, you know, a lot of our identity was kind of lost. You know, we tried to find it in Unai Emery. That was an abject failure, in my opinion, at least, despite, you know, making, um, you know, making a push in, in Europa League. Uh, I do kind of feel that, obviously, with Arteta, we kind of found ourselves, again, in, in multiple ways, not just of who we are on the on the playing surface, but more of just kind of who we are to our core as a club. So I guess my question to you is, 
given what you see with Pochettino at the moment, kind of players you've brought in in the market, um, both this season and some of them last season as well, um, and also kind of binding that together with ownership, do you kind of feel like, do you see those puzzle pieces coming together this season or do you still have concerns that maybe there are still too many questions right now to know if you're actually heading towards the right direction despite some of the positive signs that you actually have seen this season? No, I think I would say I see the puzzle pieces moving closer together. Um, and I, I think that is attributed one to um, the type of players that they bought personality wise. Also like given the technical ability of these players as well and their potential, like um, I don't know how in tune you guys are with Chelsea transfer rumors, given that there was like a bajillion over the summer. Um, we were very heavily linked with Cherokee out of, um, Leon in the French league and we were all very very excited for him and then the deal fell through and everyone was like why like this kid's so talented it, we ended up saying no to Leon for him and the reasoning was his attitude is just not that of a team player would not fit at fit in at Cobham with what Pochettino's trying to do and I really like that because I think it's taking away player power which is something that's been at Chelsea for a long long time um and I think, you know, if you're not – a big key here is with these players is how willing they are to take what Pochettino is giving them because they are so young and they need to be, you know, refined and honed and whatever. Um, I think, you know, the club culture is just heading in a positive direction. Um, and with time – like, I think next season I'll start asking the tough questions. This season I'm just looking for, like, where have we improved and how is this going? So. Um... Just to, to obviously with the long-term views for Chelsea, you make great points and it's very possible that Chelsea is going to develop the way you're saying. If we take a look ahead to this weekend and the very, very immediate short term though, who do you feel right now are the top three players Chelsea has that Arsenal need to watch out for that can cause the biggest problems? That's a good question. I think... Levi Colwell, for sure. I think Mihailo Mudrik, for sure. And my sort of like hipster one that I am manifesting that I want to come true and I want him to play, Nani Madueke. Um, I think he is, he has the potential to be the best 1v1 winger in the Premier League. Um, and if you guys remember, he is the only Chelsea goal scorer against Arsenal last season. So. I really, I really hope he gets a minute or a couple of minutes in there. Yeah, Melina. So Arsenal, you know, we have kind of the, the, I guess what we did this summer to build off of uh, our successful season last year was kind of add a lot of very tall, very physical and and get bigger, kind of more robust, obviously bringing in Declan Rice. We can throw in our, you know, back four, six foot seven center back kind of beast. Um, we saw like uh, up against Chelsea, you know, when we were up or against Man City um, when we were winning and, and, or, or I guess around 70 minutes, we decided to, we brought on Tomiyasu. We took off uh, Jorginho, brought on Thomas party. We just have this ability to kind of shut games down. If we need to close up shop, uh, we kind of are much more. Yeah. Robust is really the best word. How do you think Chelsea can, is probably the better word for it or 
you know, may be able to counteract that physicality. Like you said, there's a lot of really good technical young players, but don't necessarily have that physicality and robustness. And, and I, I see a scenario where Declan Rice and Thomas Party, if Mikel Arteta wants to go with those two, are able to just kind of boss the midfield, even though Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez are very, very good. I don't know if they're at the same levels of, in terms of physicality as a large portion of the Arsenal players. Mm, yeah, that that's a good question. I think one, I think this is where Levi Colville comes into play. His cross the field pinged balls are just absolute perfection. Um, so I think if you can just entirely bypass the midfield <laughs> with with those types of uh, passes and such, I think that's like sort of a hack. But I think something that I feel like Arsenal fans are really underestimating is the sheer grit and refuse to die, never say die attitude of this team. I've seen Endo Fernandez, Moises Caicedo, and somebody I think who is extremely underrated and hated on unnecessarily, Connor Gallagher. There's one thing about Connor Gallagher is he is it is that he will literally die trying to either get the ball away from you or keep the ball away from you. Um, so I think in terms of what they lack in like pure statistical physicality, I think they can make up with sheer grit and like wanting to show the home fans this is who we are, this is what we can do, and this is where this is going. Sure. So to kind of build off of that. What Chelsea and Arsenal have in common is both of us like to play a very possession-dominant style of play. Chelsea haven't had the same level of results in, in turning that dominance and turning, wanting to keep the ball in the opposition ter- third in high uh, field tilt, to use uh, a statistic, numbers. That kind of plays into Arsenal's hands. I think where we've struggled this year and last year has been breaking down teams that don't want the ball, thinking of Nottingham Forest and, and Fulham teams that want to just completely sit back and hit us exclusively on the counter. But as soon as teams want to play at us and and leave space open, that's kind of where we thrive. Do you have any kind of concern about Arsenal's attack and Arsenal's ability if Chelsea want to play Arsenal's game that, quite frankly, Arsenal are just better at this point? And and that's kind of if you choose to play that way rather than a, a more pragmatic sit behind the ball. Yes, that's not the way Chelsea have been wanting to play, but may be better suited for this game. Or do you kind of want to see Pochettino just say, you know, we're going to keep learning our principles and keep, you know, possessing the ball. If it means that we may lose this game, it may you know be beneficial down the line kind of thing. No, I fully expect Poch to go in full, like all guns blazing. I do not think for a second, he would try and sit back at home against Arsenal because it precisely of what you say. We play two very similar styles of football. We love, you know, like deep possession um, and all of that. And this is like why I've maybe sadistically been looking forward to this type of game against this type of opponent, because we've also struggled against the Nottingham Forest and those teams, we cannot um, break down the low block. And so I think this game is going to be more open. Um, But like you say, I'm saying this right now. I said it on TikTok today. Arsenal are better than us in um, in terms of clinicality and, and in front of goal. So I think, you know, when thinking about my keys to the game for Chelsea, I think, you know, you, you really have to convert. I don't want this like one of 10 nonsense anymore. Um, and in terms of Arsenal's, you know, forward line 
I don't know how that doesn't put the fear of God in you. Um, but I really am enjoying, um, our defenders as well. I think Axel DeSauci has been an underrated, you know, steward of that back line with Thiago Silva, um, Levi Cole at left back and who will be at right back. God only knows. Um, I, Milo Gusto comes back from suspension, um, this round or this game week. Reese is also available. Question mark, question mark. I don't know. Um, so I, I, even if he is available, I would rather play Malagusto cause he has been incredible, but I can see the argument for starting Reese as well, because he does bring that just like absolute monstrosity of physicality. I mean, speaking of Reese James, not just the, the physical nature of his play or just how good of a footballer he actually is. He's actually by the data, your greatest source of creativity. In, ter- in your in yeah, your entire team, so I almost kind of feel like if you were going to risk him, this would be the match to do potentially. But I do also f- I find it interesting that um, despite how we've seen Pochettino play when he was at Spurs, when he was at Southampton before that, when he was at PSG, even though that's kind of a interesting case study in itself, it's still right now Chelsea's key creative kind of fulcrums at the moment are still Reese James. Ben Chilwell, and then you have Malagusto, who has the most assists on the team at the moment. So for you, given how you know how Arsenal play, and how we also utilize our fullbacks, even though Yuri and Timber is currently not fit, we still have Ben White, obviously, and Zinchenko, who are likely going to start. How do you see that tactical kind of sub-battle play out in this match, if you had to guess? Because while we still um, rely on our fullbacks heavily, they're also not really our key creatives, uh, key source of creativity. Whereas for you, that's where a lot of the line share of your chances come from. A lot of those diagonal through balls from out wide, sometimes balls over the top. You said Levy uh, Call does the same thing as well, even though he plays at center back sometimes or in the left side of a back three, if you go with a back three. So how do you see that playing out um, on Saturday? Just kind of want some new thoughts on that as well. It'll be an interesting battle for sure. Um, I... <laughs> I really think it'll be a battle of the midfield more than the fullbacks, even though that's where we get our more get more of our creativity. I do think we're trying to veer away from that, um, even though our fullbacks do get pretty high up. Um, I think Cole Palmer is a big, big, big key to Chelsea to breaking this. You know, like fullback. Mm, what's not, not curse, but. We've just relied so heavily <laughs> on the fullbacks for so long. It's almost Chelsea heritage at this point. Um, but yeah, I think if Reese can come in, I would rather Reese be more defensive in this game and maybe, I don't know, I, I just want everyone to do their jobs. That's all I'm saying. Just do your job and we might be able to scrape out a point. Reese, stay back, be physical. Do not do your hamstring for the 10 millionth time. Um, break down the midfield as best as you can and just score, please, <laughs> for the love of God. So uh, earlier when you were talking about, uh, you were talking to Justin and said um, that Pochettino likely will not set Chelsea up to kind of sit back and uh, absorb pressure against Arsenal because you're at home, it's a derby and so on. But uh, do you feel like the best approach for Chelsea is to go 
kind of all guns blazing from the start because the reason I ask is because, for instance, when Arsenal hosted City, we kind of learned from last season's mistakes a little bit where last season we thought that if we continued playing with the high press against City the way we did uh, against most other teams, that it would be successful and we got torn to shreds in both fixtures against City. And so this year, we look like we've learned a little bit. We kind of let them have the ball more. We maintained shape. We absorbed some pressure. And then we attacked when we had the right personnel on the pitch to be able to cause City problems. Do you think Chelsea would need to set up in a similar way to try and counter Arsenal? Or do you think they should be going uh, all guns blazing against us uh, this weekend? No, I, I would be very upset with Poch if, you know, you do back five or something extremely defensive. Um, you're at home. It's a, it's the first big intense London Derby for these guys. You need to like fire, like fire or baptism by fire type of thing. Um, I just think you don't cower away from any game. I don't care who you're playing. You stick to your principles, especially when you are still implementing your principles. And I just, I don't know. I don't really see a reason. Like Arsenal is a great team, but we're a good team as well. We're not a relegation team and you don't change your tactics to respect your opponent. You go in there with, you know, your philosophy, what you've been doing. And I think it would be, I'd be extremely upset and extremely surprised if Poch didn't want to take the game to Arsenal. Melina, one last question for you here. Uh, What are your thoughts about Kai Havertz's return? Obviously, didn't always work out well for Havertz at Chelsea, but did you know score a Champions League winning goal? And so it, I, I saw on Twitter there's some thought or talking about you know whether or not Chelsea are going to boo Kai Havertz and, and whether he's deserving of that. Where where do you stand on that and kind of his time at Chelsea and now seeing him at a, a pretty big rival? Yeah, I think anyone who I saw the um, poll on it. Uh, Twitter saying, "Does should we boo Kai Havertz?" And I just, if you think booing is appropriate, you know, when a former player comes in, I just think you're extremely childish. That's not something I would partake in. Yes, Kai Havertz was extremely lackluster, bar one goal that he scored against Man City in the Champions League final. But he, because of that, he has written himself into Chelsea lore for the end like ever there's only three people who have scored a champions league final goal for chelsea franklin part dda drawn by kai havertz he's not up there with some schmucks and i just think kai havertz left chelsea in a very respectful way he left you know on a good note it wasn't working out he needed a move he definitely needed a move from the fan perspective and yet i can't hate that he never threw a fit he never you know did a lukaku Lukaku interview, never did a Mason Mount, like teleprompter, um, goodbye, that type of thing. So I, I, I think it's, he get, he brought Chelsea history. He brought us a second Champions League and you have to respect that. Like he didn't, he never did anything terrible for you to boo him. Yeah. I think that Kai Havertz was at, at least his time at Chelsea was always a victim of circumstance that the team was really shit, and so he was, it wasn't much better. And obviously, like I said, yeah, he scored a Champions League Champions League winning goal. It's kind of hard to ever, no matter kind of what you do after that, ever have any bad feelings towards him at all. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just that thought that people would boo him. It's like, 
I mean, I get it kind of that you left and, you know, maybe booing or whatever, but you can't really have any ill will, no matter, even if he would have thrown up a, a you know, a huge storm and, and left in a very childish manner, it would have been mm-hmm. trophies last forever. And exactly. yeah, and like you say, uh, he's in the like, his name is in uh, Chelsea history forever. So I want to get a little bit more into Arsenal specific. A couple of questions, Melina. I have some for you, just from an outside perspective mm-hmm. of Arsenal. And obviously, Varun, and Drew, and I are very. We, we obviously have our biases, just like you have your biases of ours of Chelsea. When you look at the way Arsenal have performed this season, we've had some very, very good results. You know, wins against uh, United and City, but we have dropped some points. That's a lot of the Arsenal fan base has looked at it and thought, you know, we didn't, we're not off to the same, you know, fiery start that we were last season where we kind of came out the gates and were in way better than anybody expected. And now we have all this expectation and fan base now is every drop point, every victory that isn't a five nil. If, you know, people are feeling a little bit, I guess, tense because we know how close we were to the title last season and kind of where the margins are from your outside perspective, looking in at Arsenal, kind of where do you think this season stacks up in in terms of our performances and whether or not you believe Arsenal are a true title contender and and can go the distance? Yeah. So I actually have in my preseason rankings, Arsenal winning the league um, because I, I thought you guys would win the league last season and I thought you'd win the league. I said like three, four years ago, like, I think these guys are going to win the league in a couple of years. Um, Cause you can see what Mikel Arteta was trying to do. And it's finally coming to fruition. Now I just, you, I feel like you don't play as good a football as you did last season, but it's still very good football. Um, I think, you know, like you're saying, Kai Havertz is a victim of his own, of, you know, circumstance or whatever. I think Arsenal are, kind of victim to their own standards now that they've set, you know, like you're saying, every drop point, people are crying about it because that's just where you are right now. I think uh, if you want me to be completely honest, I, I don't know. I think I was marginally more scared of Arsenal last season. That could be, you know, an error. We played a much more free flowing Mm -hmm. style last season where we would put up, we would win a lot of games four, three, four, two, where we're doing Mm -hmm. a lot of one to two, one, two nil, which it's not as exciting, but may be more title winning football. It's a weird dichotomy. Yeah, exactly. And I I think also you have to take into account, you know, the Man City factor. They're always there. And Liverpool, I think Liverpool are prime for like a top two finish the way they've been playing recently if they can keep that up so I think there's just more element and more factors and more you know teams last season who were down who are back up uh, by the looks of it but I still think Arsenal are you know top two top three Um, and they are scary I'm not saying they're not scary I'm I'm just saying uh, the free-flowing football is a little bit more scarier than the compact one Awesome. Well, I think in true Bruce Banana fashion, we're going to get some predictions here. We'll start with you, Melina. What is your prediction for the Chelsea versus Arsenal match? So something weird in my gut, I don't know if it's anxiety or what, is telling me this is going to be a very tight 1-1 draw. But if I had to pick uh, a winner, I would say Arsenal 2-1 or like any scoreline where it's just a single goal difference. I don't think Arsenal come and batter us and like, 
you know, what some other people think. But yeah, I think it'll be very tight and I think it'll be a good game. Who's your first goal scorer? Oh, Maka Havertz. <laughs> <laughs> um, just for the storyline and the vibes, I want it to be Mudrick. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stanford Bridge would burn down. <laughs> he would run over and join the Arsenal bench. <laughs> uh, Varun, what is your uh, predictions? Um, I'm kind of with uh, Melina's original prediction on this. I'm kind of thinking this is 1-1. One, one. Um, last season, I know we kind of eked out a win, but we were more dominant. But I think Chelsea are actually a bigger threat than a lot of online fans seem to think. And they have had a recent kind of upturn in form. Uh, whether international break has killed the momentum or not, I don't know, but it could easily have done the same to us. I, I'm thinking 1-1, one, one, and I think first goal scorer, weirdly, I'm going to say Sterling. Mm, that's a good one. Drew? Oh, man, I'm going to try to resist the urge to just kind of go off the handle for five minutes. But for me... It's trick. No, go off. Go I, off I cannot. The Rangers back in no. soon. I can't. Um, <laughs> I have to keep this succinct. So basically for me, I think a lot of fans forget that only two other teams have a better defensive record than Chelsea. And it's us and Manchester City. So I don't mm-hmm. think this is going to be some sort of blowout. Even if it's going to be at Stamford Bridge, I think it's going to be tight. I agree with Molina there. I think we might just sneak it. But I think that's basically going to come down to how Poch sets up. I think if he wants it to be an open match, I think will actually out outperform in those, in those conditions. I think if Chelsea actually remain compact and sit a bit deeper and make it difficult for us, we have seen that Arsenal do struggle sometimes to break down deep blocks. And that's when we've had some of those tricky results that fans get all uptight about on social media. It's in those circumstances. So I think it'll kind of depend on that. But overall, I do think we'll just squeak it by a goal. So I would probably say 2-1, but a draw would not surprise me. And also the inverse scoreline also would not surprise me. So it's, I think it's definitely more even than fans want to suggest. And it's, it's going to be difficult no matter what. Well, uh, I'll be the uh, odd one out here and say that I think that Arsenal are significantly better than Chelsea. And my, I was quite you know, intrigued by your answer earlier, Molina, that you want Pochettino to go kind of toe to toe because just in my brain, if if Chelsea do play a very very open match, like like you said, we're more clinical. I think we'll it will be a bloodbath personally, but I think it'll be three one to Arsenal with two goals in like five minutes, like a really really quick two two goals to go three one kind of thing. Yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, Kai Havertz. Let's let's do it. Kai Havertz first goal. Why not? Uh yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a different uh different take on the game, but yeah, that's why, you know, I'm a fan yeah. first and 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 like I said, I have my biases. But no, Melina, we definitely thank you a lot for joining. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off there. What were you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say, um, with Pochettino, this is the run where like you live and die by your sword, don't change it up now. Cause you're just gonna confuse these poor children. They're children. <laughs> <laughs> And this, this is the thing. You like, there's going to be extremely painful losses, and if we hold four on Saturday, that's gonna suck. But they're the next time we face Arsenal, they're going to remember that pain, and that's something you build on. You know what I mean? So I'm choosing to look at this as a learning experience. What happens, happens, happens. You know. And that's awesome. Yeah, I think that Mikel Arteta did the same thing. I was just about to say like, that while while implementing a system, you kind of have to go through that, and yeah. yeah. 
it's it's i think people when you know to veer off in a different kind of tangent there people look at united and what ten hag is doing and that he is kind of not or he he's sticking i think to his principles too much and, and kind of not suiting the players that he has to a fault I, at least in my opinion and there's a balance that needs to be had and yes. that's why the managers get paid a whole lot of money is because you kind of need to balance having a system and having you know your style of play and what your dream scenario would be but also needing to to kind of be play to the opposition and stuff like that yeah tactical flexibility sometimes is a is a big big positive exactly yeah and so yeah it'll be interesting i think it'll be a, a closer match than the scoreline suggests if mm-hmm. i say 3-1 then it will feel more like a draw until I guess right. we score a lot more goals than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, thank you so much, Melina. Your insight was great. Uh, everybody should go follow Melina at Melina Daltovich on Twitter or X, if you like to call it that. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, a good place for us to wrap things up. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at JFishAFC. Thank you to Drew. You can find on Twitter at Kid and Varun. You can find on Twitter at GoonerForever07. We'll catch you next week after we preview Turn years off Molina, a 3-1 victory over Chelsea. <laughs> Odegaard is joining in, and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! Bukayo Saka, beaten out by the roof, untouched in by Jesus! Bukayo Saka! Oh,